Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Program and all the listeners. Talk. Live. and take authority over every opposing force that would hinder the plan and purposes of God being fulfilled today. I pray that Jesus Christ will be glorified and his kingdom will be extended. I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, believing. Amen. 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 This morning I want to share with you about the gift of God as we read it in John's Gospel, chapter 3 and verse 16, that's quite a familiar verse, and many people know it, they quote it. And this morning I just want to share some thoughts on that verse. John 3, 16 mm. says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. We thank God from, from this verse that we can see the, the gift that God has given unto mankind. The greatest gift ever given was by God mm. when he gave to man, and that was his son. And th- this is a season when we are, especially as we enter into a, in the Christmas season and the Thanksgiving season, when we receive gifts and give gifts. Everyone likes that. But the greatest gift that God has given to us was his son, Jesus Christ. And in this verse, this one verse, John 3.16, we see seven things pertaining to God and his gift. The first one we see is a great God. It says, for God. Second one is a great love. He so loved. The third one is a great company the world. The fourth is the great gift, his only begotten son. Number five, it was a great invitation that whosoever believe it. Number six, a great deliverance, they should not perish. And number seven, a great inheritance, everlasting life. These are the great things that we see in this one verse about God and about his gift. And as we consider each one of them, we see what God has for us and what God has done for us. The first one is a great God. The greatness of God can be seen in creation. It was God who created this mighty universe, and he holds everything in place by the power of his word. Look at the immenseness of his creation. Man is exploring the universe and space to find the origin of time. And all he discovers are more galaxies and a greater expanse of, of space. The answer for man's search is found in the Bible. But the Bible tells us that time began when God said, let there be. Not only do we see the greatness of God in creation, but we see the greatness of God in his knowledge. The Bible tells us that he knows every star in every constellation out there. And he calls them by name. Look at planet Earth and its ever unfolding miracles and its marvels. It tells us one thing. There is a great designer or a great creator. He is not only great in his knowledge, he is great in his adoration. The angels and all the celestial beings, the cherubims and the seraphim, were all created to worship him. They adore him 
because of his greatness and continually worship him because of his holiness. But, but I want to tell you one secret. God is delighted in the worship from men and women who have been created in his image and in his likeness. In Jesus, and in his time when he went to the town of Samaria, he met that woman at that well. And she was boasting about the lovely temple that they had there to worship. But he told her one thing. He says, the day is coming when we need not be worshipping in that temple. He says, for God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For God is seeking for worshippers. God is, the Father is seeking for worshippers. He's not seeking for church goers. <laughs> we also see the great God's greatness in his indignation. God loves man, but he is just and righteous. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed his command, they had to face the justice of God and all the human race that came thereafter faced the justice of God because the Bible tells us we are all born in sin and with a sinful nature. Yes. yes. God's justice demands that the soul that sins must die. Mm. But God was not willing to let man die in his sin. And through his love, his mercy and compassion, he reached out to man when he provided a sacrifice for sin and that was his son, and that was able to satisfy his own justice. Now we come to the second one, the great love of God. He says, God so loved. No one could ever measure the depth of that word so. The depth and the greatness of God's love for man is immeasurable. His love is so great that when, when he was pronouncing punishment for man's sin in the Garden of Eden, he also promised a Redeemer would be given. And right through the ages, God kept reminding men by the, by the prophets of the coming Messiah. Because of the great love, he, he made provision for the redemption of, of sinful man through his son who became a sacrifice for sin. The next thing we see is the great company. Mm -hmm. The great company, God so loved the world. Everyone, every nation, every person born on planet Earth, God loves. His love knows no boundaries. And it reaches out to all mankind who are created in his image. Every person born on earth stands before God as a guilty sinner and mm -hmm. are condemned. The Thank Bible you. says that to those that believe in him, by accepting the sacrifice for sin, that is his son Jesus Christ, to them gave he the power to become the children of God. And that come, brings us next to the, the great gift that he has given us. The great gift that he has given us is his only begotten son. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his unique son. His birth was miraculous. His death glorious. Jesus left heaven and all its glory and, and chose the life of the common people. The Bible says he was rich yet for our sakes he became poor so that we could become rich by his blessings of forgiveness and mercy. 
we come to the next great thing, and that was the great invitation. That invitation was not only to a particular nation or to a particular people, but that invitation is that whosoever, everyone on planet Earth, the call goes out to all the world. The words of Jesus remind us of that when he said, Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. There is not a person on planet Earth that is not laden down with some problem, with some burden upon their soul. The answer to that is Jesus and Jesus alone. If they are looking for peace, he is the, the one who is able to give them that peace. If they are looking for joy, he is the one who is able to give them that joy. He also says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Many people today are thirsting for things which are transient, things which are just temporary, things that do not satisfy. But when Jesus says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, he satisfies every longing of our hearts. The next, the next great thing we see is a great deliverance. They shall not perish. Isn't that marvelous? Amen. Man is destined for a lost eternity outside of Jesus. But when they come to him, they shall not perish. Man outside of Jesus Christ is lost. He, but Jesus Christ died to save us from a lost eternity. And we bless God for, for that price that he paid through his son on that cross of Calvary. He died so that we could live. And we could live eternally. He is not willing that anyone should perish in their sins. But that all should come to repentance. And he is able to transform a life from the very gutters of sin to, to society, men and women may be, Lord, what I would say, beyond redemption. But to God, no one is beyond redemption. The vilest of sinners can come and he can transform their lives and make something good of their lives. Many bring the broken pieces of their lives and he is the one who is able to mend it. He is able to transform them and make them as children of God. And that brings us to the last point and that is a great inheritance awaits those who would come to him. And that inheritance is everlasting life, everlasting life, not only everlasting life, but also abundant life while here on earth, a life of joy and peace. And when we find mercy with God, we are forgiven and cleansed by the blood of his son and mm. the sacrifice that was made on the cross for us. And when we accept him. The Bible tells us when we are, our sins are being washed away, our names are then written down in the Lamb's book of life. And mm -hmm. we can enjoy this great inheritance of eternal life. Many are missing out on this great inheritance. Why? Because they have not received this great gift that God has given His Son. Many have not received Him. They don't want to receive Him. They don't. So they lose out on the inheritance that God has promised. And that inheritance is everlasting life. All that He asks in return is our heart, our life, mm. which could be a gift to Him. And then knowing Him, as our Savior and our Lord in our lives. These are the things that God has given to us. This great, great God. 
he looked down on man. One who he had created in his own image. In his own likeness. But because of disobedience, his life was marred by sin. But God was not going to let him be in that condition. God's love was so great that he already he had prepared a plan for man's redemption. And the Bible says, even before the world was created, Jesus Christ was the Lamb that was foreordained. The Lamb chosen to pay that ultimate price for man's sin, so that man now could be called a child of God. Man could en enjoy that inheritance that, he, that God gives us in his son Jesus Christ. And that inheritance is everlasting life. We, we would pass on from this life, yes. Everyone has to go that way, the way of death. But then thereafter, where are you going to spend eternity? Question remains with each one. Where are we going to spend eternity? Lost forever from the Lord Jesus Christ or are we going to spend it with the Lord Jesus Christ? Mm. Today I ask you, my friend, if you have not received this great gift that God has given to this world, mm. open up your heart and receive this gift. And I, I can assure you that you, you, you will be blessed immensely. You would have the assurance that your sins are forgiven. The burden that you are bearing today, he will take it up from you. And he will impart unto you everlasting life, abundant life. Not only in time, but for eternity also. May God bless you and before the Thanksgiving season is over, I pray that you would make this commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. It is not joining a church. It is not changing your religion. But it is coming into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the Son of God who came as a sacrifice for sin. He was willing to die to pay that ultimate price. Sin before God is so awesome. And that is why it took such a great sacrifice to save man from his sin. And Jesus Christ was willing to go all that way to that cross on the Mount Calvary to pay the price so that you and I can be delivered from our sin. You and I will know forgiveness of sin. Because the Bible tells us, God takes away our sin as far as the east is from the west. He puts them behind his back, never to remember them anymore. He buries them in the very deepest part of the ocean. And no one, no one, even till today, has reached the bottom of any of the deepest oceans yet. That is how far away God removes our sin so that we can now have fellowship with Him. And in closing, I just want to wish you all, all of you, those who are on the program, those who are listening, a very happy Thanksgiving celebration. Yeah. And may you know the abundant blessings of God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Amen. I'm going to hand over now to Sister Margaret as she will bring us God's word. Amen, Pastor Robert. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise this the Lord. It is truly our privilege at this time after hearing Robert give us details about God's love and God's mercies. Now, I just like to share about the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. 
because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. But very often, we just listen to a message, we accept it mentally, we accept it, and but we have to come under the blood covenant of God, because this is the Lamb of God, as Robert said, that takes away the sin of the whole world. So I'm just going to share some scriptures so that our faith will have something solid and we might know assuredly I belong to the all covenant of Almighty God and there's no power on earth or in hell that can prevail against the power in the blood and the power of the covenant. Blessed be his holy name. I'm reading from Leviticus 17 and verse 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, for I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. Mm. We know that a person could bleed to death, for life is in the blood. When Adam and Eve disobeyed God in the Garden of Eden, God slew an innocent lamb for the guilty pair to cover their nakedness. Later, God instructed Moses what had to be done in Egypt for the deliverance of the children of Israel from mm -hmm. Pharaoh as found in Exodus 12 from verses 1 to 17. A lamb for a house was to be slain and the blood to be placed on the top of the doorpost and both the sides of the post of the door. And in verse 13 he says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not come upon you when I smite the land of Egypt. When they ate the flesh, it provided health and wholeness to everyone. For there was not a feeble person among the children of Israel as they walked out of Egypt. What a God and what a display of power. Bless him. Much later, in God's own time, Jesus, the Word of God, was made flesh and walked this earth. In John 1.14 it is, John the Baptist pointed out to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the World, that's in John one twenty nine. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, born of Virgin Mary, lived without sin, became God's Lamb. He suffered and died on the cross of Calvary, paying the penalty for our sin, feeling our redemption with his holy blood. We read many scriptures in the New Testament that we were redeemed, that means bought back from the devil by the blood of Christ. And there is the power of the blood to cleanse the vilest sinner. Wonderful Lord. You find mm. it in 1 Peter one eighteen and 19. 
Again, you see it in Acts 20 and verse 28. In Ephesians 1.7. In Revelations 5, 8 to 9. And Revelation 7, 1, 14. Scripture has declared, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. That's in Hebrews 9.22. Jesus Christ is the lamb, the Passover lamb that was slain for sinners. The Holy Communion was instituted by Jesus Christ, God's Son. He wanted believers to do this in remembrance of his precious sacrifice. In Matthew 28, verses 17 to 13. And again, in 1 Corinthians 10, 16, and 1 Corinthians 11, 23, and 24 to 34. Those of us who partake in communion need to know why we do this and the sacredness of doing this. And who can do this? We must not partake unworthily as we would become guilty before God and bring condemnation to ourselves. What the blood of Christ means to us? The blood of Christ cleanses from all sin, delivers us from the dominion of the devil. In Colossians 1.13 and 14, And Psalm 107 and verse 2. Death was conquered for us by Jesus. He tasted death so that we could receive eternal life. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 6.23 We are passed from death to life when we receive him as Lord and follow him. Jesus has the keys of death and to a believer it is a means by which he enters into his glorious presence to live with him forever. We know that we know that we are Justified before God because of the Lamb of God that was slain for us. He died in our place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A slain Lamb for a house. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And oh. thy house. How wonderful is that? Oh, Acts 16.31 Believer, your children are under this provision. What a wonderful provision is this. Glory to God. And when we are faithful, how can God fail? Blessed be his holy name. In 1 Peter 2.24, who his own self, there are sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin, should live unto righteousness. Yes. By whose stripes we were healed. The blood of Christ sealed our provision for healing as he paid for it. Healing is the birthright of every born-again child of God. We have his word for it. Thank you, Jesus. They had to apply the blood and Stay within its protection and eat the flesh of the lamb. They who wanted to join them had to do the same. That is the condition. In the same way, we need in faith to apply the blood of Jesus Christ and enjoy our benefits through faith in that sacrifice on the cross of Calvary. Thank you. We only need to enforce 
Calvary's victory through, through the blood over the enemy and know that God will confirm his word in Revelation 12:11. By the word we shall overcome through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Blessed My be Lord. his name. Faith in the word, power of the holy blood of the Lamb, of God that was slain for us, unlocks the door to all his blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Through the power in the blood of Jesus, yes, you can Lord. have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. It is up to you now to come out of darkness or false concepts and accept this wonderful provision, his protection, and enjoy the reality of the risen Christ. Mm. Now, really, what matters in life? For us, many things we consider as important, but in the light of eternity, in the light of what Jesus Christ has said, it is appointed unto man once to die. So every one of us are conscious we are on that road. No one can escape it. And we, are, we go to meet him at death because it's the door that opens to, to living with him eternally. Blessed be his name. What a glorious hope for us. But he has said, we have to consider his word and to remain faithful to the covenant we have entered into. What really matters in life? It, this is God's perspective of what really matters in life. Jesus Christ said, and this is eternal life, that they might know thee the only true God and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. That's in John 17, 3. We who believe in God and life beyond should tell others how to reach heaven and avoid ending up in hell, even though they are good people, according to people here. What really matters is what God says in his word. For we will be judged according to the, our decision we make in the light of his word before we leave the scene of life here. For all of us have disappointment with death. Jesus Christ said, except a man or a woman be born again, he or she shall not see the mm. kingdom of God. Mm. And so many feel, oh, I know Jesus. I go to church, and so I'm going to go to heaven. Oh, take heed to what Jesus Christ said, because he's the one we're going to stand before. And he would either say, well done, or he would say, depart from me. Because he is righteous, because he is just, because he is holy, and because he knows what is in man. Oh, blessed be his name. <clears throat> Jesus Christ told us the story in Luke sixteen nineteen to 31. It is the story of the rich man and the beggar where they went in eternity, and he came to provide us with the only way. And now Jesus Christ never told stories that are lies. He is the truth. He spoke the truth. He's the only authority who can tell us about eternity. Yes. And so he came to show us the way to God. And he declared, I am the way, the truth. And the life, no man. Then he says, no man 
He means it. Come unto the Father, but by me. John 14:6. Again, Jesus Christ said, as Robert quoted earlier, God so loved the world, that's everybody in it, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And again Jesus said, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. How we should take note of that and check our own lives, what we know about him and what he said in his word and that we might examine our own selves that we are not deceived. Again, Jesus Christ said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Mm. And in your name done many wonderful works? Then, Will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. This is found in Matthew 7 and verses 21 to 23. When Jesus Christ, the judge, says to his people who profess to know him at the end of their lives, saying, Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Where will they go? Only to hell. Jesus Christ said, there are two kinds of people, the children of light and the children of darkness. Two roads, the broad road and the narrow road. There are two places in eternity, heaven and hell. Mm. Therefore, let us be wise. And do what Peter the Apostle preached in the day of Pentecost. Repent and be baptized in water. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call. You have that in Acts 2, verses 38 and 39. And 3,000 made decisions to obey the Lord Jesus Christ and follow him. I made that kind of decision in 1951 as a teenager. And oh, I love him. Because he only has the words of eternal life. Blessed be his holy name. And I love telling the story about God's love. Because even though people can reject it, refuse to obey it, that's their privilege, their their choice. But my choice is to whoever will listen. Because surely, surely... There is some people who are longing to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I believe that this morning, through this combined ministry, which he has arranged, because he knows hearts and lives, he knows people where they are and their needs. 
And therefore, I believe because he loves you, he cares about you. And we don't know what tomorrow holds for us. In our circumstances, in our situations, in our trials, just remember that Jesus Christ is the name that can save you, change you, your circumstances. He's the miracle-working Jesus. In one night, he brought the whole nation to their knees because the angel of death had visited, like he said. And when they did not see the blood on the doorpost, every one of them, even among their cattle, lost their firstborn child. And there was no one, no one who could restore life. Blessed mm. be his holy name. And you think our God has changed since then? No. Is he powerless today? No. I find in my experience so many people, so many people, mm. they don't know about the blood of Jesus. Jeez. They know about raising their hands, going up to the altar, making commitments, and they believe that they are They've made a commitment, but they don't live in obedience to him. We cannot mock him. The sacrifice is the ultimate sacrifice. And in Hebrews 10.25, he says, If you sin deliberately, willfully, after you have known the truth, after you have tasted of heavenly things, There is no more sacrifice for you but a fearful looking for the judgment of God, for the wrath of God, because he's not going to allow his sin, son, to be mocked. You get, you and I receive salvation freely. Whoever receives Christ receives eternal life. But it is not something cheap. It costs heaven everything. It costs the Father. And if your salvation is so cheap, then you don't have any regard or fear of God. And therefore, I find many of the people sincere. They love the Lord. But the protection of the blood is missing. And the devil is the one who takes advantage. Because, Lord, it's the power of the blood that destroys his power, his claim over anyone who is under the shelter of that sacrifice. Oh, what a savior. What a salvation is ours. And nowadays there seems to be so much confusion. People talking about law and talking about grace. You know, it's so sad to listen to them. But just think, just think this moment. If sin, it was a sin to lie under the law. Is it all right under grace after this precious sacrifice? Does it make it a license for us? If it was wrong to kill Is it right, okay, now? If under the law, he hated divorce and he did not approve of divorce, is it okay under grace? Oh, that we would examine ourselves. Lest we hear his words, depart from me. They are the most horrible and terrible words for anyone to hear. Because it's eternally separated from God. And yet he loves you. He died for you. He doesn't want you to perish. He's raised up so many voices, so many ministries to speak the truth, to tell you there is a way. 
sin and mistakes are covered under the blood, are forgiven when you mm. truly repent and turn from your wicked ways. You have to forsake your wicked ways. You can't continue in sin. Sin, big sin or small sin, will never have entrance into the kingdom of God. You know, it's here that we make a difference. It's venial sin or it's mortal sin or something like that. But we are talking about God, the eternal, almighty God, unchanging, righteous, holy. And that's what is missing in our lives. Holiness. I like that cover on your website, Apostle Reva. Holiness unto the Lord, without which you shall not enter. If you are not born again, you shall not see the kingdom of God. Is that final? Is that authority? Did Jesus Christ say it? Is it in your Bible? Look it up. (laughs) My blessed Lord, this is one more opportunity given to us. One more opportunity that every demon that is keeping them in bondage and for whatever reason they justify themselves or they have a wrong concept of God just so that they can continue the way they are. That's the deceit of the devil. And my heart aches when I realize the ambassadors of God have become agents for the devil. Oh, that none of us, none of us, none of us will be agents for the enemy because this is too precious. He goes more precious every day. Every day. And I thank you, I thank you, Lord, for your graciousness and your wonderful provision for us. And in Jesus' name, whoever, wherever you are listening, and maybe you're confused, just God arrange this so that you might hear it. And repent, whether it's sinner, whether it's backslider, he doesn't have two kind of uh, stages. His word is final to each one. Repent, forsake, and turn to him. He will abundantly pardon you. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. And I say, in the name of Jesus, every demonic power that is daring to claim you after Calvary has paid for you in Jesus' name, I break your power, enemy. Whether it's through false doctrines or wrong concepts or vices, in Jesus' name, loosen your hold over them. They are paid for, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. 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 I give you thanks, Father. I give you thanks. I give you praise. And this is the greatest thanksgiving we can ever give. Rejoice in and to be conscious of, because if you did not give us your son, we will die in our sins and be lost for eternity. But thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Bless Lord. And this, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to Hallelujah. God. Hallelujah, Jesus. How precious Hallelujah. it is. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come Thank on and give me some praise. Glory to yes. God. Yes, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone Hallelujah. on the line that needs special yes. prayer? What a powerful word coming from this anointed couple of God. There is no reason 
that anyone should leave after hearing this message, not knowing the Lord. Pastor Robert opened up and told you how he gave his only begotten son. Then his wife comes along. And one key factor is all through the blood. Anybody, after hearing this message, we don't see you, but God does. And I would not close out without giving you the opportunity to, at this moment, wherever you are, repent. Repent. Let's turn from our wicked ways. Won't you do it tonight? There's a scripture, I believe it's First Timothy 4, when it speaks on how God has created everything. He created everything. And all we got to do is receive it. And he even says that everything he created is sanctified. And we sure heard that sanctified word this evening. It's sanctified through the word. I'm going to turn it back over and let our precious, precious evangelist write close us out in the way the Spirit Amen. Amen. And thank you very much. We'll keep in touch with you. Bye. Evangelist. You have $7 remaining. Please enter the telephone number you wish to dial now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.